Louie, and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and today I'm joined with Scott Erickson, who's a touring painter, performance artist, and creative storyteller. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. Thank you for tuning in today. If this is your first time, welcome aboard. It's a pleasure having you join us. If you're a longtime listener, if you've tuned in before, thanks for your continued support. It means so much. And if you have not done so already, if you wouldn't mind leaving an iTunes review and rating five stars, would be much appreciated. In today's conversation, I speak with Scott Erickson, who is a touring painter, performance artist, and creative storyteller. We dig into his latest book with Justin McRoberts, Prayer, 40 Days of Practice. This book combines word and image prayers. One quote that he says in this conversation is, we pray because we are human, not because we are religious. He starts with this assumption that there is already a conversation going on within us and it's bringing the excavation tools through prayer to illuminate it. Scott journeys back through his creative years and how he came to the place where he is today, and then he opens up with his Stations in the Street artwork, which models the Stations of the Cross depicting Jesus on the day of his crucifixion. I'm excited for this conversation with Scott today and hope that you enjoy. Without further ado, here is the latest podcast episode. First of all, uh, you're you're fresh off your latest release, and congratulations on your on your book with Justin McRoberts, Prayer: Forty Days of Practice. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's really great. It's been a um, Justin and I have been working on this for about four years. We uh, we met. We both do this conference in Pittsburgh called Jubilee, which is like a college. Mm. And we got to know each other there. And then he had been kind of gathering these prayers over like a few years and was like, hey, do you want to partner together with these word word prayers and image prayers? And so mm-hmm. this kind of project came together and then we felt like we had something really magic and we self-published mm-hmm. and, and, and hustled that for like three years, sold enough copies on our own that... Some friends of ours who are publishers are like, or uh, authors are just like, just go to a publisher and tell them mm. how many books you've sold. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And we did that, and we had a second. Uh, we have a second one that's in the works as well. And so, it's just okay. kind of, anyway, so it's it's been a great process to like see it start. You know, like see this idea that literally happened like on a couch yeah. in a hotel in Pittsburgh to now being at your local Barnes and Noble yes. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, retailers near you at your at your at your at your, at your bookstore. Um, yeah. Now that's that's really exciting. I actually didn't know that the early idea. Um, I feel like they can really start from anywhere, and it's cool to see how some of them take off. Um, and I know in this in this book in this well, in this uh, in, in this prayer uh, invitation, really, it's a little bit different than maybe a typical devotional or something. Um, that you might might read along kind of on a daily basis. What what separates this the format that you two decided to create? Um, maybe from a, t- a traditional, you know, or a, when someone thinks about a prayer book. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great question. Because um, 
you know, the our premise of the book is that we pray because we're human, not because we're religious. Um, religion mm-hmm. helps with the form and structure of prayer, but it's not the essence of what it is. And so what we, in our own kind of spiritual practice and faith journeys, um, and, and Justin being a musician and an author and me being a visual artist and a, and a writer, um, we found that like you can, you, can, you can get a lot of stuff that, that kind of tells you what to pray, um, tells you how to pray and like think about this today, but really, like, what we started discovering was, like, how do, uh, how do we uncover kind of the, the hidden conversation that's already going on in us? Mm. Um, and, and really, like, starting with the assumption that God is already at work in my life, mm. that I don't need to ask God to work in my life, mm. that, that, that the giver of my existence has already been working. And, and really, my, my prayer practice is to is to kind of tap into that, the kind of may it be so, what your will is, how, um, you know, I have I have a running theory in my own life, which is if, if Jesus wants me somewhere else, I would be. So what is the conversation I can only have by being here? Mm-hmm. And that, and that, there's, there, that presupposes sovereignty, intentionality, all mm-hmm. these things that I think that God has in our lives. And so um, we wanted to create something that was, um, that was doing that work. Look, I mean, I, and when I was in college, which was a while ago, I, uh, you know, my utmost course heights, I read through that and, and that was great. And things like Jesus calling or, or streams in the desert. There's all these really great, like prayer devotionals and kind of centering thing. Hmm. All of those were made pre internet and pre phones and pre social media. And I, I think my heart that when Justin brought this stuff was like, I want to make something simple. Like we wake up every day and we are hit with a barrage of information and mm-hmm. words and images. And how could we just create something concise and simple that you use throughout the day? So the way that it's structured is it's 40 days of practice. So you have a, a one sentence prayer and an image which are two different languages. So it's not like the image is illustrating the prayer. Sometimes the image is, it's different than the prayer. It's coinciding, it's working together. And then those are used to kind of help you get to the conversation. Because the inside of us, there's always like an ever ongoing inner conversation with Mm -hmm. God. And that's hard to get to sometimes because of noise and ego and fear and busyness. And so there's what we really view our words and images as excavation tools. Mm. So the book isn't a book of prayers as much as it's a book (laughs) of excavation tools to help Mm. you get to that deep, deep prayer that's in you. Mm. And and then that's where the conversation with God, I think, happens. And that's what we're really longing for. I think when we go to like a book or something and we're reading paragraph after paragraph of somebody telling us what prayer is, we're... I think our heart were really just like, yeah, but I want to, I just really want to connect with the Almighty. That's what I'm trying to figure out. And so uh, we think we've done that. Not not that it was a formula. It's actually just, it was always been there. We just kind of gave it a simplistic and contextual twist that makes sense for right. Yeah. 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 I think it's, it's, I'm I'm opening the, I have the book right now in front of me and I, I feel like it's refreshingly, 
it, as you mentioned, simple, um, but at the same time, you're able to, this simplicity allows you to, you know, ex excavate a lot more deeper meaning, deeper longing, um, but it's not, it, it's not like a grabbing after, or it's not like a taking, but it's something that's, as you mentioned, it's already there, there's already a conversation going on, and me, is, what the, was it, is it coming to awareness, or maybe just coming to, 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 to think about what's already at, at work? Is that a is that a good way to, to think about that as we as we as we move along or as if someone picks this up as they move along through the book? Say that say that one more time. Yeah, j just like thinking, kind of as as someone goes through. You mentioned that there's there's two almost two languages that are being being, being mm -hmm, spoken mm -hmm. here, right? So we have the images on one page, and then on the other page is the is the written the written prayer itself. But kind of yeah. thinking about each one as, as separate, and maybe if there is similarities that, that, that you can find between, that's good, but it's not, the, the, the intention isn't to, to look at them each as kind of together, but, but appreciate their, their, maybe their distinction. Yeah, and sometimes uh, it's really, you know, in the premise, in the, in the beginning of the book, we have a whole thing like before you start, which is kind of like how, yeah. to, how to engage with this. And and some like they're working together and they're and they're the same vein of the prayer, but sometimes like words really land in us and sometimes mm. images land in us. And so it's giving an opportunity of like kind of creating like what what's gonna hold on to you right away. Mm. And when we tell people like you don't have to go in order of our book. In fact, on the in the prayers we just have prayer one, prayer two. We don't say day one or day two. Because maybe that prayer that day, like that doesn't hit me, and we're like, look through a bunch of them, and then the one that goes, ooh, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. stay with that one. Yeah, that's the one that's kind of inviting you to a conversation. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, it's it's, and, and we understand that some people are more visual learners. Mm -hmm. A lot of our brain is given to you kind of visual processing, and some people are very literate in, in words, and, mm -hmm. and so I think it. it they're working together, but they're giving you options of what's landing on you today. Because sometimes, like I will hear a quote or some phrase, and I'll just like, oh, it'll, like anchor in me, mm -hmm. and just be there all day long. And then sometimes I'll just see an image, and and that will hit me. And so um, it's actually using different parts of the brain mm -hmm. is what's happening. Um, there's some really great neuroscience that, that says like our, our language actually has a visual element to it. Like words are rooted in imagery. And so one that, uh, there's this book called how God changes your brain. And, um, his premise with this is like, we can't ever really have spiritual experiences unless our words and images are working together. Um, because like one or the other can't do that full, kind of brain experience. Mm -hmm. And so that's, I think we're tapping into a bit of that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, so it's kind of what, whatever's landing in you that day is where you should start. Yeah, great. Um, in, in your words, you, you say words are not enough to describe a spiritual experience. Um, and, and obviously a lot of your time and uh, devotion has been spent toward creating image, images as a, as a touring painter and a and, a, mm -hmm. and an artist, can you actually go back and share a bit more of really when this this path and this this creative uh, outlet, which ended up you know becoming a, a career and a profession of where you are today, how that took form and kind of how your faith ended up working alongside that? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Cool. Long answer. I'll try to make this. <laughs> I just got a. I'm. I just got an email from a student because uh, I'm performing next week in Nashville, and she <laughs> was like, "Can I ask you a bunch of questions? Can I take you out for coffee?" And I was like, "I don't have time, but you can ask me questions here." And she's like. Mm-hmm. How did you, what jobs have you had? Did you start right away being an artist? And uh, <laughs> I found myself like, the, like oh, this, gr- this grumpiness in me, which is just like, I, I don't like, but I was just like, come on, that's your question? It's like, I'm in my 40s. Like, what? I've been at this for like over a decade. Like, I just want to be like, look, I waited tables for 10 years. You might have to do the same. <laughs> like, curb your grumpiness, you know, yeah. being in that situation of your life is daunting like yeah. I'm gonna leave school I don't know what to do anyways yeah. I yeah. Um, I've always been a visual creator I, I mostly considered it like a hobby or something I could do and it wasn't until and in college I studied education and, and art so I was an art teacher and it wasn't till like and then after that I worked for a bit and then I went to Bible school in Europe for a bit and traveled and just kind of was trying to find as Michael W. Smith says, my place in this world. And mm-hmm. I, uh, I, at the school in Europe, um, I found that I would make art in the basement. You know, I didn't have any deadlines or anything. I just needed this expression. And I, I recognized, and this is like at 25, I recognized mm-hmm. this is in me. I need to give space for this. And so when I came back to the States, I started waiting tables and then substitute teaching and then landed a teaching job. I made space for it. I just didn't, I was just like, I need to make space for a painting. And, and then it was in my, um, when I was 27, I was teaching and I had this experience where I was like writing on my board and during my prep period and I just had this sense, like I just stopped and I was like, there's something else I'm being invited to do. I don't know what that is. I just, would you show me, but I know there's something else. And that began this kind of conversation that, which is a long story led me to like a Damien Rice, Glenn Hansard concert to New York City to all yeah. these things where where I just I, I sense this invitation of like if I don't try to be an artist, whatever that means, I'll always regret it. And at the time I was single and you know I could do that. And so I, I quit teaching, kept waiting tables, started doing this stuff and then things started happening. Slowly, you know, I've I've mostly been poor. You know, it's not, it's not like being a professional artist is taking a vow of poverty. You're yeah. kind of like a stepper, you know. So, and and most of the trajectory of my career will be kind of like that. But I, um, I've always in college. I there's friends in this band, and I was like, can I make drawings in the background during one of your shows? And that led to like live painting with them at shows, and then the churches started like inviting me to do stuff and then there's this one church in West Seattle it doesn't exist anymore but they started inviting me to like paint during or draw during services and then I moved to painting and then uh, I was like can I just paint every surface like I don't even need to be on stage I'll just be in the corner and for like a year I literally was in the corner and I'd make these like huge paintings that we put up on this in the sanctuary walls and that's where like that's where God really taught me to listen and this kind of artistic expression, which then led to like other churches, conferences, retreats, mm-hmm. and um, into an artist in residency in Houston, Texas at the church called Ecclesia. And I was like, 
paid money to be an artist at a church and people were like, what does that mean? And I was like, I didn't know at the time, <laughs> but I led the community in developing a visual language for their spiritual experience and, and was a leader and all that stuff. And so it's kind of all built on one another, but the, the, really the heart, I think, you know, in retrospect after like a long time of doing this has been, um, the Reformation, we kind of killed all the visual elements in Protestantism, mm -hmm. and I think we're really longing for that expression. Mm -hmm. And it's in, you know, all of Jesus' teachings are parables, which are all visual stories. Mm -hmm. It's it's there. We just, we don't have this, we don't have this uh, practice of being formed through image contemplation. And so uh, I think that's kind of what I'm working on in some way. It's all caveated where like nobody gives a crap, you know, like, <laughs> like I feel like in Christendom, it's like if you're not a celebrity teacher or a musician, it's like you're extra, you're like a next extra. So I don't, I don't feel any pressure to like hold to some standards or there's no yeah. industry for me to like, yeah. you can't write a song like that, then nobody will hire you. Like I don't have those pressures because nobody's looking at me. I'm just like... <laughs> I, I, this, you know, I think it's really, it's, it's freeing. It can be hard for people, but like, here's how I define spirituality and religion. Spirituality is making what's invisible visible, and religion is the practices and rituals we develop on that visibility. Mm -hmm. And everything's invented. So, what, so talking about prayer and then talking about like kind of church practice. It's all invented. Like we don't have to do any of that stuff. It, it's it's but it's a form and ritual and a practice are helpful mm -hmm. to understand these things and to be formed by them. But we don't have to do any of it. Like I was talking with like some of my favorite speakers right now are there's like these podcasts called like The Moth or um, Snap Judgment, which mm -hmm. is just storytelling with feet. And you can well, look on YouTube and they have these live events and like they'll have like a band play with like a speaker and it's the best thing ever. And I was talking to a friend of mine who's a pastor who was like, you could preach every sermon that way. Do you understand that? Like we don't have to just have some man or woman get up with a microphone and just talk. You, what, like, you can do anything. You really can. You're just butting up against structures that people are like, well, this is what it is. It's like, no, this, this is what helps us, but it can evolve. Mm. And I think uh, uh, that's really interesting to me. <laughs> like I was meeting with the pastor of the church I go and help out with, and we were working through like kind of new liturgies we wanted to do. And I was like, I think we should have a moment of image contemplation, which he loved. He was like, we should totally do that, which was like a kind of inviting like every service we would take this moment to, because the image is an excavation tool that helps us mm. go, what, what is this pulling out of me right now? And so anyways, mm. that's, I don't even remember what your original question was. Oh yeah, it was about how did I get into this? That's been my long journey of yeah. experience of, of kind of, um, I was really impacted the couple times I lived in Europe and I saw these big cathedrals and all this art and history and was like, oh, we don't have this where I came from, but this is so, mm -hmm. my, this kind of prayer entered in me. I used to sit at this cathedral every day that I lived by, and it was like, this was all made for an illiterate culture. Yeah. Um, 
And what's the role of artists now in a spiritually illiterate culture? Because I don't think we should build cathedrals anymore because it costs like a billion dollars. But like, what's the role of trying to people who don't are spiritually illiterate? Like, is there a role for the artist? And that's kind of what I'm journeying on and, and trying to figure out. Wow. Well, no, well, thank you. I, and I feel like there's um, just just different forms of expression. And I, I think we're losing like the rawness of faith. I think maybe it's we're losing that there's other ways that we can uh, express ourselves or other ways that we can express our connection rather with God. Yeah. Um, and I think, as you mentioned, a lot of it from the at least from my knowledge from the Reformation, I think. John Calvin put preaching as like the as the centerfold piece of worship, um, and maybe we've gone we've like looked at that or looked at you know some of these figures and 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 use a lot of that tradition to kind of pivot us or really push us into where we are today. But um, mm-hmm. I think as you mentioned, there's there's I think that's we start to appreciate depth in a different way rather, um, yeah, and, and taken in. And, consider other options or other ways of of being able to kind of incorporate maybe it's a complete shift maybe it's just kind of a leaning over into one other area i don't know how the that relationship looks but i I, I, it was funny when you when you mentioned there's you know there's no real industry or no real like industry standards or expectations for you it's kind of you're you're able to kind of set your you know set your own expectations set your own however it flows it, it seems to flow yeah um so I want to know how has you how have you seen your faith kind of unfold um, over you know I, we don't need to go through 10, 15 years but maybe just since you've really been kind of getting into you know especially with this with forty days of practice and what yeah. has what has how what have you seen change in your in your in your walk? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've gone through my own like. I, I was on staff at a church and like burned out and mm-hmm. went through a long season of depression and kind of had that deconstruction, reconstruction kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm. and it, it's helpful. A helpful image for me that I've been using a lot is um, is in the movie The Truman Show when he's you know trying to escape and the boat hits the wall. And he's like, oh, this is the edge of what I know. And then there's like a door that he goes through into what's unknown. Like what's helpful for me is like whenever I encounter something that causes doubt or disbelief or just like, I'm not prepared for that. Um, Like I'm like, oh, it's because I just hit the wall. I've hit the wall of a story I've constructed. And now Mm -hmm. I'm being invited into something larger. And so that, that reframing for me has helped me see that God is inviting me to an ever enlarging experience of existence in the mm-hmm. world in my life. Um, and that I find very, um, very enlightening. And I, I like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm on the journey. Um, f- how image, like, I guess the practice, um, yeah, I think, I think the, well, you know, creating is such a weird mystery. I tell people like I'm not an artist because I'm good at it. I'm an artist because I'm haunted. Because <laughs> like <laughs> every day things come to me and they're like make me, and I'm like I can't. I'm driving right now. <laughs> Get in an accident, and it's like make me or I'll go away. And I'm like fine. I'll pull over and I'll take out my sketchbook and I'll draw. And so I I 
my parents don't have that. My brother doesn't have that. My wife doesn't even have that. So like I, I just um, I've paid attention to that. I'm invited to an interesting conversation, mm. and I and I've come to love it. It's it causes suffering for sure because um, I can obsess over things. Mm-hmm. Really, like my all my creative work is I'm just trying to release the haunting. I'm just trying to get that thing out of me so mm. it doesn't mess with my life anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. that's that. Um, but yeah. Um, I can turn it, you know, maybe this is helpful. Mm. Some of what I've learned is, you know, okay, so uh, like you're in your car and you're fiddling on the radio, turning around, and then you get to the song and you're like, oh, here is, this is my song, right? This is my song right here. What What's happening in that situation? I think what's happening is we're saying, this is my song. This musician sonically and lyrically has described what it feels like to be in my skin. So this song all of a sudden like becomes a vehicle to have a conversation with the giver of existence. And so I have really like understanding that, like why I love things and what and the, how art can do that to you mm. has really like helped me see when Jesus like some of these deep spiritual teachings or in the things that Jesus is teaching or people in the Bible who are like, I had this experience with God. Um, God easily just sent letters down all the time or faxes and be like, here's the plan. But no, instead, like a bush was on fire or <laughs> uh, like I'm confronted with somebody who's uh, a woman who's giving all that she has into a, a temple jar. And Jesus says that woman gives more than anybody. You know, and so these these images or these things or why there's like all of these songs in the middle of it or a whole book about lament saying this doesn't work out and this is a tough thing to live in. You know, these are all ways in which we can get in touch with like the the life that we've been given, this existence that God has given us and is inviting us into. And, and so... Um, all, I guess like kind of art making and imagery and all that kind of stuff has really like formed me to be in that conversation with God and, mm. and I think that's that's what's enlivening me more and so I, t- I tell people when I teach and stuff I'm like what's what's your song right now you know like and it there's no right or wrong answer like what it, why do you love that song so much like what is it doing to you that is the doorway to a conversation with God mm. why do you, you know like what stands out to you like this is this is these are like signposts to like God already speaking to you in your life like Saint Ignatius you know in the 1500s developed these spiritual practices but one of one of the things he said from his experience is like God speaks most loudly about our lives what is to come in our lives by through our desires mm. and that desires you know that's like a scandalous kind of sexy word and we may be afraid of it but he's saying like um that's like an inner roadmap to, that the divine is like leading you in um and it takes discernment because our desires can lead us to flourishing and they can also lead us to destruction mm. um so it takes this discernment but he would say that is that is the way so i think that, like that's been a very helpful spiritual practice um, as well as some other things that I do that have really keyed in on kind of the yeah. life I'm, yeah. I think, what it is leading me in. So. Wow. Wow. Awesome. 
Um, I know there's a handful of different spiritual practices that are mentioned in the book uh, in 40 days, um, mm-hmm. journaling, exercise, fasting, meditations, lament, and intercession. And I know uh, I'm sure it requires, uh, you know, discernment for where maybe you find yourself or kind of what you mentioned earlier, what line really resonates with you. Maybe this is, this is where you should be putting, you know, stopping, you know, starting and stopping for the day. Is there, are you finding, um, maybe with conversations or people that feedback that, Hey, these are, these, these are really resonating with me and this practice is resonating with me in particular. Um, and then at the other end, it's like, maybe this one isn't being talked about, but we should be, uh, we should be thinking about, or at least bringing into awareness a bit more. Yeah. I mean, well, we, you know, you make something in the world and you don't really know how it's going <laughs> to affect people. Yeah. I mean, the, the truest thing you can do as an artist, like is go, did this transform me? And then all I can offer is like that transformational experience to those who want to engage in it. Mm. Um, you can't just make something and be like, it's going to change you if it hasn't changed you already. Yeah. So that's, so we like, you know, this stuff came from our own lives. So we're like this, helps us and so Mm -hmm. but what we found was like all these unexpected experiences probably one of the most like crazy ones was this this guy wrote us and his story's long but he he basically was like he was in healthcare he was a therapist he was attacked by one of his clients and suffered like a really traumatic uh, head injury and he's like it's been 20 years that I've I've had kind of PTSD from that experience I'm very anxious I can't slow my mind down mm. and he's like prayer is kind of evaporated from my life it's very hard to do because mostly it's like let's pray and have words and he's like I can't mm-hmm. do that he's like I got your book I downloaded all the images I printed them all out and I made a little notebook with just the images and he's like I found that through just being able to sit with images that this kind of prayer conversation has come back into my mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. and we were like what that's amazing <laughs> that's awesome. like, we weren't yeah. planning for that at all mm-hmm. um Lots of, yeah, lots of stories of like churches using it and people are like, we used to work through this book and then as a group and then we worked through this book and we've had the deepest conversations that we've ever had as a group because it was calling all these things out on us and it, and it brought us to this like deeper kind of conversation. So that stuff's, um, I think that stuff's really surprising and amazing and we're, we're enthralled, we're really excited that that happened. I think some of the practices, yeah, there's some practices in there that Justin and I kind of put in, which is like journaling, exercise, silence. Um, and I, I think that what we're trying to do is, and we, we joke about this, it's actually like in the promo video for it, which is like when we talk about prayer, if you Google image, image search prayer, it's like clasped hands or people at sunset with their arms raised or kneeling in a field. And we're like, for one, we're praying at the wrong time of day. Um, (laughs) That's what we see. But also there's all these ideas of like what we think prayer should be. And we're really trying to feel free people to go, you can't get prayer wrong. Prayer can be, I, you know, prayer can be like, I put this bead, this, rosary in my hand and I work through things. Prayer can be I look at this, I listen to this song over and over and over again because it helps me connect with God. Prayer can be I look at this image because it draws me into this. It can be all of those things. 
What you can get wrong is never engaging in that practice, which has been basically like I'm not having, I've turned off this conversation mm -hmm. with the gift of my life. And so we want, we want to kind of open people up to be like, you don't have to do one way. We want you to develop a practice that works for you. And we're going to give you these little like experiences that make that helps you. Maybe you're like, oh, I really resonate with words, or I really resonate with images, or I really mm -hmm. resonate with journaling, or I really resonate with silence. And it's like, yeah, find that thing that works with you. Guess what? It won't work for the rest of your life, but it'll work for a season, and then another season will come into yeah. your life, and you got to find another way to engage mm -hmm. in it. That's the thing. It's not a set thing. It's like a yeah. flowing. Yeah. It's like a. It's like learning. It's like there's some because and and sometimes sometimes you have all the words to say and you get up in the morning and you're and you're just journaling. There's so much you want to say to God, and sometimes you get up and you're like, I have nothing to say. And mm -hmm. so there's silence. There's also like, well, look at this long tradition and history of other people who've learned how to pray. I'm gonna use their prayers. I'm gonna use the prayers of the Psalms. I'm gonna use the a prayer from Thomas Merton. I'm gonna use a prayer from Mary Oliver, the poet. You know what I'm saying? Like we yeah. can use those as vehicles to express what we're trying to get to. Or go, God, this is my intention. I'd like to get there. I just don't have any of those words right now. Mm. And that's that's what we're trying to help people out. It's like you can't get it wrong, but find what works for you because you're this is this is kind of the invitation. Mm. So and, and, and also yeah. and, and be willing to, to change or to kind of have a, you know change by season or even if there's if there if you discern that this is not something that maybe is giving you the same connection try something else but being willing able to adapt and to to kind of even lose some of the the footing and the ground that you're standing on at the same time yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. there was a while that i just um for you know <laughs> i made a book about prayer but Jesus, and right before he gives the Lord's Prayer, he says, your Father in Heaven knows everything you need before you even ask him. Mm. And I was like, well, what do you pray about then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so for a year, what I did is I would just make coffee in the morning, and I'd sit in my living room in the dark, and I'd go, you already know, what do you want to talk about? And there's like a lot of mundane silent times and then there's some really profound things that I heard mm. and talked about wow. and it was that practice of being available to what's already here that mm. really transformed me wow. and I think and now I do that a little bit but now I have more kind of like prayers I'm working through or things that I I do but yeah exactly it was for a season and I learned that thing and then I evolved into the next thing mm. it's, it's that kind of thing yeah yeah um, last point topic I wanted to get get into um, just touch on so some of your artwork I know stations of the street has mm -hmm. been has been featured across the country um, from what it looks like can you share for folks that may not be super familiar or need a refresher a bit into the origins of stations of the cross and then just touch on a bit of Jesus's journey and the the story that uh, it, it should be telling or one way of, of telling it for us yeah um, so Stations of the Cross, people would uh, emerge because people would go on um, kind of holy pilgrimages to Jerusalem and they would walk these kind of sacred place markers that had been made as all these pilgrims were coming to Jerusalem. Then they go back to their homes and they try to tell people about their experiences and people are like, I can't afford to go on that trip. Yeah. 
Um, and so they started creating these like place markers to help people experience that even though they couldn't go to it. And then this kind of tradition kept going and going to eventually it started ending up in church buildings. And you can go to most Catholic churches and it's inside the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's this like meditation on the journey of Jesus from being arrested to um, being laid in the tomb. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've done a number of art projects on it from um, abstract paintings to tattoos, <laughs> which yeah. I get a lot of, of focus <laughs> on that one. Um, and then, yeah, I found myself, so I was a part of this church um, in Portland, that downtown that has that's on a bike lane. So hundreds of people bike by it every day. And it's like a commuter lane and people walk by it. It's in this neighborhood. And I'm always, I'm always wary of churches that, I don't know. I just was like, you know, if, if Easter is about the power of God, um, I think that Good Friday is about God partaking in some of the worst parts of being a human being, like an unjust system, physical pain, mockery, broken family relationships, betrayal, all of these things. And so, it, and, and so it's, it's really like God saying, I'm with you in the awful parts of humanity. And it's kind of a meditation of that. And, and I uh, was like, why can't we offer this to everybody? Mm. And I don't like the church is like, come into our, you know, like we're creepy people, like come into our building and see our <laughs> art. And we have these walls and people are always going by. I was like, yeah, and I kind of had this idea of like, it'd been cool to make like some street art that's based like religious street art. So I was like, why don't, I came up with, yeah. I came up with this idea it's like, why don't we make these like stations in the street, these like stations of the cross, but they're like street, like wheat pasted posters that you put on the wall. And um, I had this idea for like three years and then it was like January 2nd. And I was like, if I'm going to, this is like three years ago. It's like, if I'm going to do this, I have to do it now. And I left my studio. I went to this coffee shop just with my sketchbook. And I was like, is there anything here? And look, Stations of the Cross is two things I don't really like making art about, which is, <laughs> sounds so bad, which is like Jesus and crosses. Like just, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesus, because uh, I, when we talk about Jesus, we have an image in our head what that looks like. And usually it's like Scandinavian or, you know, it's like yeah. Cousins the God Thor. Yeah. And there's this kind of image of this like Jesus that I've just been deconstructing for a long time. And I don't want to propagate this kind of, this character, mm-hmm. um, and then crosses, and I've done a lot of work on this, but I think the cross is a very muddled icon right now because it's like used for charity and Mother Teresa, but it's yeah. also on the logo of the KKK, and I think most people just wow. don't know what it stands for. Hmm. But it's like decorative, uh, it's tattooed on celebrities and basketball players yeah. and like mm-hmm. douchebags at nightclubs wear it while they're grinding on girls. And I just don't like think they yeah. people know like, what does a cross mean? Yeah. It's just a muddle icon. So I think Christians like we got a hold to the cross, but if you're not in that system, most people just go, I think it's just a bunch of a-holes. So I was like, I don't want to make a thing that's about like this is the cross. So what Long story short, but I was like, what if you took elements of these stories and you made a cross out of them? That would make a cross. You could have these crossed symbols telling the story. And so when I figured that out, spent time making it. Yeah, and I and I did it, and I kind of opened it up and said, hey, if you would, I made it like pay what you can. 
and I made other tiers of that, and yeah, it went all over, went to different countries, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, a lot of places in the mm -hmm. U.S., <laughs> and ended up being on like Tyler Perry's, he did this like uh, Good Friday, Mr. Television show, and I know a guy who's a producer on that, and he's like, do you have artwork for the Stations of the Cross? He's like, in fact, I do. Um, and it just kind of ended up, and now, awesome. it, it, every, and now it's been like three years that people keep using it. Mm. Um, I was really trying to give that tradition, but in a new, you know, in a new, in a new context. Because a lot of, if you look at Stations of the Cross, it's kind of these boring images of like sad Jesus hunched over, mm. and it's just, it's like this, Thing we don't it's this art style we don't resonate anymore with. I mean some people do. But again, it's like that's fine. I want you know, there's a, a great design rule which is keep confronting the cliche and keep confronting it and go for something new. And so mm. a lot of my work is like, yeah, there's this whole history of religious art and I don't I wanna to nod to it, but I don't wanna make stuff that looks like it. And what would and the kind of question as a designer is like, what would we make after pop art revolution and a digital art revolution and a graffiti art revolution? Like, what was the stuff we'd make now? And and how would we portray these ideas? You know, I tell somebody's like, what what does faith look like? Hmm. Like uh, a cross? You're like, yeah. no. What is? How would you image faith? And these are really hard problems to solve that's I mean that's what I'm trying to do and I do that kind of on my Instagram account and that's kind of the work I've been yeah. working is like how do you image these kind of ideas we talk about that's yeah. all yes yeah, so the stations of the cross um and you don't have to plaster it on your building a lot of people a lot of churches do it on the inside of their building and stuff but I I, I kind of understood that like a lot of churches don't have a budget to have a full-time artist on staff or something make it the stuff so it's like how can I make these downloadable shows for communities yeah. and that they, that they can utilize and that's been really that's been really cool mm. well I love how you're you're kind of rethinking or maybe trying to re unravel the the meaning of uh, maybe some mis misconceptions or um, maybe some past history of what the the cross has meant for somebody and trying to put it into a new context, into a new light, um, but also doing it in different different settings, not only inside the church or, you know, for people to kind of uh, to do with it as they choose and whether it's inside their church or maybe on a, you know, on, on a wall outside or there's there's different places um, for it. And I, I also really enjoy the, 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 the journey, not only spiritual but you can see the physical and emotional and really start to sit in each station yourself as you're walking through yeah you know? yeah yeah no i think it's i think it's so profound mm. so profound like the stations of the cross and it's so human like i think that's what one of the things i put i guess i push on is um we make things sacred because something significant happens and we want to remember it. But what we lose in kind of the sacredness, holiness of taking things that happen and making that is that we lose that it's a very human experience as mm -hmm. well. You know, yeah. like, uh, so, and 
mean, we're on we're two thousand years on the other side of it. So to really like imagine that day and those things, and then to try to tie in like what were the objects and what were the sounds and that stuff. I like I just think it's and like the fact that Jesus is like quiet the whole time. Like what? Yeah. Like I just it's 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 awe. I'm awestruck by it. Mm. And so, um, yeah, mm. I think it's just that bit of like imagining and, and being there that really it comes to life. And just, yeah. Yeah. And so. Very cool. Very cool. Um, want to just to conclude where folks can find you if they're interested in uh, learning just a bit more about who you are, or maybe they're interested in uh, and seeing some of your, your artwork, maybe if they want to get a tattoo, kind of all that information. <laughs> yeah, a lot, of people, a lot of people do. Um, I, uh, my website is scotterickssonart.com, when Erickson is E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N, and that's mm-hmm. a place. On social media, I'm Scott the Painter on Facebook, Twitter, mm-hmm. Instagram. I'm mostly on Instagram and and uh, do spiritual formation through image making on that and so uh, if you want to see kind of the work I'm doing and or and I have these I'm touring my new show which is called say yes a liturgy of not giving up on yourself which is this kind of performance interactive <laughs> experience musical comedy about uh, what do we do when our dreams die and uh, and we don't want to be here anymore and is God inviting us into something deeper and it's kind of a thing like that and so i post all the dates and what i'm doing mostly through instagram and on my website and those are the places you can connect with me scott it's been a pleasure having you on today and hearing a bit more about your journey um and all the different things and ways that you be right now great thanks tyler